listening to Cinema Spin. Hello, everybody. I am Matt. And I am Jason. And it's time for another episode of Cinema Spin. We're back. Already time. It's already time. And I guess uh, we should start by saying we talked about doing Spencer in this slot. Yes, we did talk about doing Spencer last week. I think we even said we were going to do that. We said, but it, it was tentative. But in, <laughs> in yes, in, in honor of the NFL playoffs, we have called an audible. <laughs> sure, we that's got why up to we the did line it. of scrimmage, and we didn't like the look of the defense. So, yeah, um, I thought Spencer was a lock for her getting a nomination in award seasons, and it seems right. like that might not be the case. Right, now. Uh, she was not nominated for a uh, uh, Kristen Stewart, who plays uh, Diana, Diana Spencer. Th- thank you, Diana Spencer in the, in the movie Spencer uh, ends up not getting nominated. She ends up getting snubbed by the uh, Screen Actors Guild uh, Awards, and therefore. Um, is now knocked down to the maybe list on getting an Oscar nomination, so that makes the movie less uh, essential to yeah. movie buffs. And um, it's not a movie that I am terribly interested in seeing anyway. Anything yeah. having to do with the Royals um, makes my... It's sort of an automatic turnoff, I would have eyes to say. Eyes glaze over, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'll see it, at, you know, I'll see it if necessary. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like her. We'll circle back to it. I really, necessary. I'm a big Kristen Stewart apologist. So, um. which brings us to what we did select. Our first film tonight is Tick Tick Boom, which just so happens to be the first feature film directed by Lin Manuel Miranda. So, what is Tick Tick Boom exactly? I knew next to nothing about this film as I hit the button to start streaming. <laughs> the things I thought I knew about it did not turn out to be true either. So, again, what is it? Tick Tick Boom is a musical. I think it's only fair to describe this movie as such. But it is a musical that's sort of not in the most traditional sense. Mm-hmm. It tells the story of Jonathan Larson, known most commonly as the creator of the renowned Broadway production Rent, during a particular period of his life. Larson is about to turn 30, and he struggles to finish his first musical called Superbia, as it is about to be showcased in an important workshop performance. The film uses a kind of musical narrative flashback technique to tell its tale. We, use, we see Larson himself on stage played by Andrew Garfield, of course, as he and a band perform musical numbers of an unspecified production. It is through this and some non-musical flashbacks that the story is told. As much as this film is about Larson himself, it is also about the creative process and the sacrifices one must make in order to achieve something great. How did you feel about Tick, Tick, Boom? You know, I give this movie, I think, a very, very enthusiastic, like, okay. (laughs) Um, I well, let me you know just to put my my sort of bona fides out there. I am I am not huge into musicals. Um, I am certainly not Mr. Broadway. It's very hard to be into into broad into Broadway musicals in this part of the country, right? I don't know. I can't speak to how it is that this uh, this movie represents uh, Larson or his legacy. Um, but uh, so all the all the sort of in, you know inside jokes and, and Easter eggs all like that are. are lost on me i assume they're there but i don't get them so that said uh you know how much i enjoyed this movie is going to change you know just based on on the movie itself just uh, analyzing the movie itself how much i i enjoyed this movie changed pretty dramatically from number to number um and from moment to moment um i think you know 
some of the songs are a lot stronger than other songs. I think it doesn't really put its best foot forward. Like the very first song, I was like, oh no. Right. <laughs> um, the very first song having to do with, oh, the horror of turning 30. I mean, <laughs> three O people, right? Get, get a shovel. Right. Yeah, that uh, doesn't ring as true for somebody who's not 29, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, um, that does not, as they say, age well, right? Um, so, uh, so yeah, this movie is sort of you know based around the premise that uh, boy, if you don't if you don't know exactly where your life is going by the time you by the time you're 29, um, you're basically just a loser, right? However, though, uh, this movie turns out to be. Uh, uh, more about the creative process, as you said, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm kind of a sucker for stories about the the creative process and the the kind of agony of trying to to write something, get something out there, right? And the, uh, the whole process of that. So, um, so the, that much appealed to me. Uh, Garfield, I thought was uh, I thought his his acting was very good. He doesn't have a great voice, I think, especially um, since the cast around him uh, is kind of loaded up with people who do have pretty good voices. Um, Ship for uh, Alexander Ship, for instance, as his as his very as uh, Jonathan uh, Jonathan's very annoying girlfriend uh, Susan Wilson. <laughs> um, so uh, Ship is good in that role. Um, she almost makes me feel for, sorry for Susan, um, even though Susan is just the worst. I, I really found I really hated that character. She's passive aggressive. She's whiny. She and she's the source of the scripts. Some of the scripts' absolute worst dialogue. You know, like everything, everything is after the workshop, Jonathan. Right. So yeah, and she's part of a whole of an ensemble of people that it's like, can't they just let this guy work for a few days? <laughs> this is a huge opportunity for him. Can't they just get off his back for like <laughs> for like five consecutive days? Um, but generally speaking, I thought the movie was uh, it, 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 uh, Miranda Man just lends it a, a kind of childish energy that I think overcomes its kind of gooey sentimental uh, streaks, um, of which there are many. So, what did you think? I mean, of course, I come into this by being fairly staunch in my dislike for most most musicals. Yes, you are anti-musical. Um, but what this doesn't have is a lot of the things that bother me about musicals. Uh huh. You know, super elaborate dance numbers that go 15 minutes deep. Yeah. Um, the songs that are in this, and, and you know, from the, the research I did into Rent is his, his um, musicals are loaded with a num- the number of songs that are in Rent are, is insane. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one after the other. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. 50 songs, it seems like. Some of them are callbacks to earlier numbers or whatever, or yeah. reprises, but so they, they're not all going to be. <laughs> They're not. They're all going to be home or home runs. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I did. I did. I like this movie. I, I thought that the uh, this the songs came and went uh, frequently, but they were they never very few to me stayed too long. Even mm-hmm. if I didn't wasn't digging it as much as some of the other ones, mm-hmm. you know. And then that ebbed and flowed. I liked some more than I liked others. But yeah. uh, as a rule, I, I liked his performance. I thought, like I said, the act, like you said, the acting was good. I thought his singing. I think I probably have a higher opinion of it than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is. He is standing in the midst of some pretty well-known and accomplished, uh, singers who've done, you know, have great, great careers. Um, yeah, the, the, the look at the creative process, I think is what would kind of kept me into it. You know, I I always found that, find that interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I think I like this quite a bit more than you did. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I I just, I never, as um, as an, as, as the notable anti-musical 
Yeah, this, I, I really am. didn't have much of an issue with, with the, the musical aspect of this at all because it really kind of plays more like what you're seeing is uh, another workshop performance, basically. Mm-hmm. There are some times when the cast does sing together. Yeah. But most of it is in, it's almost like a place like almost you're watching a concert. That's yeah. a workshop is a non-acted version where you're just seeing the musical performances. Right, right, right. So it's kind of like watching a band perform as much as it is a musical. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the music itself is never what really pulls me away from musicals. It's just the, I don't know, the overly elaborate showpieces that just seem to go on forever. Is yeah, I'm, I'm and, and, and uh, movies or, uh, or musicals rather that... Um aren't sung through they kind of start start and stop I don't right know the, i know sung through is yeah i don't know what that's through. called I don't know what the opposite of that is uh they really um it, it always feels artificial whenever people all of a sudden start singing right yeah and here it it they do a really good miranda or you know maybe uh uh maybe the underlying material does a good job of of integrating the songs into a, a, a spoken narrative right yeah i i I had some, you know, I, I didn't really realize. I thought this was more of a documentary piece about the making of Rent, is what I sort of thought I it was. I think I led you to believe that. Well, maybe because so. I, I think that's my. That uh, but I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's was. just that though. And, I, but I, it I can't think... be because uh, uh, he wrote uh, this in between. Right. Right. Before Rent, which I right, didn't. Even, yeah. I did not even know. Yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed this movie. I don't have a lot bad to say about it. There was only one number, the one that's. Uh, where he's singing in the park at the piano by himself. I thought that one went on a little too long. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really um, agree with that. And that's that's a problem because that scene in particular is a big emotional moment. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely of the songs in it, that wasn't one of my favorites. Really overstays its welcome. Uh, the music here is really uh, so. Larson is is one of the things he's known for is is introducing a more rocks uh, hard rock sensibility mm-hmm. into uh, into the uh, uh into the musical theater right and um so the, the music here is all kind of in generally my wheelhouse as far you know in, in, even in, some of the Suspiria songs that they sh- they talk about or uh yeah his uh or not Suspiria but or sub, sub- uh, what, suspensia what? or it's a <laughs> superia right it's superia a superia superia maybe okay yeah superia yeah. okay um, even some of those, you know, that were kind of, uh, yeah. science fiction, uh, laced yeah, yeah, but those... had sort of a neat appeal to them too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought I found some of the songs kind of, uh, lyrically clever, you know, not, not maybe in their mm-hmm. content, but the way they flowed, you know, um, they did a good job of telling the story, get, you know, getting the point across that, yeah. that, that, that was trying to be conveyed. Maybe more than I actually just thought. Oh, that's a song I'd want to listen to over and over. In the in the, you know, I always found the idea of like throwing on a cast soundtrack of a musical mm-hmm. sort of odd because you're missing half of it. Right. Yeah. You're not seeing it. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're missing a big big part of it. Um. So yeah, I don't have. I mean, I think that there's a lot here that's very. You know, almost everything here seems is almost a cliche as far as the problems he faces. You know, can't pay the bills, working at a shitty job. That's right. just living in New York and being, right, cre- yeah. being a creative, I guess. Yeah. You know, we've seen that done to death, and maybe never no no place better than rent. Right. Well, <laughs> you know? right. I th- and, and, you know? and I think that, you know that's a, I think it's intentional to show his this right of gen- uh, where rent comes from. Yeah, right? it's comes from personal experience, which is what his you know in the movie that's what his. Uh, um, right, his his agent ends up says, yeah. Right, what you know. So okay, and while we're on the subject, Judith Light should win like um a, a raz- all the Raspberry Awards <laughs> for this just 
an absolutely terrible impression of Mike Meyer. Mike Meyer is doing an impression of his Jewish mother-in-law, right? <laughs> who oh is my uh, God. who is Joey Tribbiani's? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, right. His, his, jo- jo- <laughs> Joey's friends, um, his agent, right? Agent yeah. On... right? Yeah, it's the Joey old, Tribbiani, the old Jewish agent, <laughs> who's gonna take you to the top. Right. You know, oh, one, God. You know, at one time in the eighties, she may or may not have been the boss, Judith Light. <laughs> nobody will know <laughs> wasn't sure who it she was. was not the boss of this movie <laughs> no she was she, she was uh yeah she, her, her presence here is uh fingernails on a chalkboard oh. yeah i think if there's a insider here there's a lot of people who pop in and out that uh yeah um probably you would know if you're into the the scene of uh broadway yeah, there's uh, there's one scene um, uh, where I, I detected I was uh, being left out of a lot of sort of inside baseball. Uh, the scene with the the big there's a scene where the uh, uh, the waiters of the diner right. Uh, there's a bunch of cameos of there from into, musical yeah. Baby and, New Earth. Bur- Bernadette, Bernadette Peters, right? Baby New Earth is one of the ones I recognize. And, yeah, and then that's it. As far uh, I mean, as far as I know, right? I know, I realize I'm supposed to be recognizing a lot of these other people, but yeah, a lot again, of them I didn't. I'm a movie guy, but they're I'm like the all star. I guess they're like it was like a Broadway all star. I think thing. Joel Gray was in there somewhere. Is yeah, um, Carol, so, Ch- Carol Channing. Was, yeah. Was oh, in was there. she? Okay, I think so. Okay. Um. So yeah, I I, th- I think I was supposed to be sort of you know yeah kid geeking out. I think I probably unfortunately missed I, out I on not. on a lot of that stuff myself. There's an emotional pitch of of these people that uh, rings true. That uh, you really th- you really think that well, people who are you know uh, really trying to break through as artists and writers in in Soho or wherever in New York City this is, um, you know they are really working hard and they're really these frustrated theater kids with these big emotions and these big dreams and they're constantly and they're very kind of self-involved and sort of getting on each other's nerves and so on. So it rings true, but at the same time, a lot as I as I sort of cracked wise earlier about is you know can't these guys can't these people just leave him alone? Everybody's <laughs> kind of up their own ass in a way that's uh, yeah. Rings true, but at the same time, it gets a little old, right? Um, I I did like the to revisit the idea of a creative person why they might not want to be go to work on you know uh, yeah. Madison Avenue as a ad- advertising person, yeah. Even though they'd be fabulous at it, yeah. Um, um, and I think this, like I said, you know, I really like stories that are about the creative process, and and I think that one thing that this take seriously in a way that a lot of other movies doesn't is that um, you can quit, right? I mean, it's sure. not necessarily, you know, it isn't represented, you know, the idea of abandoning your dream here is not represented the way it is in, say, La La Land or something like that, where where it's just like, oh, my God, you may go crawl back to to, to Colorado or wherever, <laughs> right. right? And just, you know, work at your, live with your parents and work at the library, right? Um, no, I mean, there are other opportunities available here. Those opportunities just require a different kind of commitment, right? And you're, you're going to have to give up um, the time you would have spent, uh, you know, workshopping everything all the time, right? Yeah, but um, also the corporatization of something. Well, that, sure. I mean, and and it is presented as a compromise. No, no doubt is, about that. It is. Right, and that, that's what's cool about it. But it's it, not it is like pre- the end of the world. No, but it is presented yeah. as a as a compromise. Yeah. A compromise that would allow you to live comfortably for the maybe for the first time in your life, which is right. you know, yeah. Um, and so the, the people who uh, sort of make use of that compromise are presented as 
compromised, but not necessarily like dead inside. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? <laughs> not, not like better off <laughs> in a grave, right? Um, and so th- and so I think this movie takes seriously the the idea that somebody could stop, right? Right. And, and in a way that a lot of uh, a lot of movies about the creative process don't. And and I think this movie um takes seriously the idea that uh you know the creative process is work and it's hard work and and um as we talked about with uh, uh with the Beatles documentary you know what it, it changes from moment to moment what's what's easy one minute is impossible the next right yeah it's about ch- you know changes in momentum and and yeah. just you know it's just getting getting that one thing to 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 fall before the rest of the so 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 many uh, pieces about the creative process presents the artist as as you know giving proudly and sort of easily kind of giving birth or having to just sort of overcome one kind of obstacle or <laughs> right. something like that. Um, and I, I you know this is a movie that I think is about a person who doesn't really seem to enjoy creating that much. Right? He doesn't seem to be prolific. He seems to be kind of more than doesn't seem to be he's kind of you know he's been working on this this piece of his for eight the last eight years right (laughs) yeah that's true and so he's not prolific and he doesn't seem to enjoy the creative process really that much um it comes as a shock to him at one point that well to be a writer means that you write and write and write and work really hard and love everything love everything you write for as long as it takes to complete it and then immediately abandon it right and move on to the next thing right and this is a basic concept in professional writing right okay um and uh but the and and you don't see you don't often see um the other side of that sort of presented that uh there are some creative people who um are sort of constipated right and and uh they still have the urge but just can't sort of perform and i think that's one of the things that uh uh that he's that he's struggling with here. Yeah, he's kind of portrayed as as someone who, while there is a struggle, and he has spent eight years on this, um, certain aspects of it are portrayed as coming easily to him, and now all of a sudden this doesn't. So right, yeah. Um, which is weird because you think if it came easy to you, eight years wouldn't be necessary. But you're talking about writing an awful lot of music here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, coming up with lyrics is one thing, but and you know. Uh... Yeah, the, uh, he's he's clearly a writer at this point anyway, who has not figured out how to turn writing into just the showing up and doing the job, right? He's clearly sort of waiting for the inspiration fairy to come by, right? And uh, that's uh, that, that's something they try to get out of you very early in writing. <laughs> <laughs> this film features one popular licensed song, and I think it's Love Shack. <laughs> <laughs> Which is on the money. I mean, in the well, early the 90s, time period it would have been, yeah, was, was so right. it's period appropriate. Um, <laughs> which I thought was, I thought, oh, are there going to are there going to be other songs in this? Nope, just <laughs> nope. Love Shack. Nope, just Love Shack. Uh, Brad, Bradley Whitford plays Stephen Sondheim in this. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, in later in the film, uh, in a message left on the machine, the actual Stephen yeah, Sondheim. Yeah, the actual Stephen Sondheim. So it was interesting. Oh. But uh, <laughs> I went and looked up an uh, interview with Sondheim mm-hmm. uh, after Whitford's performance seeing this, and it's mm-hmm. eh, not bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely going for something obvious there. I mean, it's it's yeah. you, know, you know when you do that, it's sort of an impression, I guess, more than a performance. But yeah, uh, I thought it was all right. Yeah, um, I could have used uh, more of Vanessa Hudgens. I don't know how much you uh, how you get more of her into this movie, <laughs> but she is uh, she is uh, very good looking and it very has a really great voice and uh, and is a really charming actress. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, as an actress, they don't get, she doesn't get to do a whole lot here, but uh Yeah. 
the singer. Was yeah, I was I was thinking that maybe uh, she she should have played uh, the uh, uh, the girlfriend Susan, but then I thought, no, I wouldn't want to not like her because <laughs> I really hate that character. <laughs> There's a one one song in particular that I, I sort of it really got a kick out of here. It was uh, the number about the with the couple is arguing with each other. Uh-huh, yeah, I thought that was really pretty clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was I, I feel bad or because you feel bad and right. I think the, that song is called Therapy. Okay, that's yeah. that, that, that's that's I didn't get the name of it, but yeah. uh, that was that was the one I'm talking about. The, the one song that really stuck out for me was uh, Boho Days, where they uh, they just start. Uh, Oh, at, um, at a party, he yeah, just it was one of the earlier music. ones, but yeah. like the second maybe that might be the second song. Yeah, maybe the second song. Yeah, right? I, so that really redeemed it for me. I didn't like the first song, but the second song, I was like, oh, I can quite short, this. but pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty well done. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and a really, a really cute moment the way that that uh, you yeah. know, music can no. just sort of break out at a party, you know, with yeah, if, it lent it a sense of believability mm-hmm. with that crew. Because right. they're all musicians and right. Artists. It's still it's still stylized. You 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 wouldn't exactly break into sort of you know. No, uh, but it's not know. the same as a say street gang breaking exactly. into a song <laughs> at the same time. We're looking at you. Not that there's you. anything wrong with not that. that there's but there could be, yes. depending on where you're coming from. There is something wrong with that. <laughs> I hate you, West Side Story. I hate you. <laughs> Maybe more on that in the future. Maybe. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for Tick Tick Boom. Okay. I mean, all right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Okay, we're back on Cinema Spin. Take it away, Jason. Okay, so the random movie uh, for this week was uh, the 1997 movie Gattaca. 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 That's right. It's the person who's not not introducing the movie's job. You just say the title again for yes, no reason. Yes, right, for no reason. <laughs> or for comedic purposes. <laughs> so this is writer-director Andrew Nichols' uh, first film. Um, it is called Gattaca from 1997. It's set in a dystopian world in the, quote, not-too-distant future, next Sunday AD, in which uh, genetic manipulation has been used to create social classes of disadvantaged laborers and gen- genetically superior office workers right <laughs> um ethan hawk plays vincent one of the biometrically gifted who has who is about to graduate from his position at a desk job to go on to a on a dream mission to to titan yeah the the moon of titan, jupiter's moon titan or saturn's moon anyway it's a jupiter um, moon right okay uh, but Vincent has a secret. He's not really one of the supermen. He's been buying all of his genetic information from a wheelchair-bound front named Jerome, played by Jude Law. Uh, when Vincent's boss is brutally murdered, Vincent and Jerome's very complicated ruse is threatened to be exposed by investigators. Uma Thurman is also in this movie, and I still haven't figured out why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even though Gattaca was a huge box office bomb, uh, it's title has entered the popular lexicon as shorthand for our collective fears about genetic tinkering and so 25 years on is a good time maybe to go back and look at how it holds up and uh what did you think well gattaca came out at a time when i was seeing any movie i wanted to see yes yet i didn't see gattaca. yes <laughs> so that says something about my general interest level yeah i remember seeing the trailer a lot of times. <laughs> I, I would have to go back and watch that. I bet I've seen that trailer a lot of times, <laughs> and too. And thinking, I don't think so. <laughs> this movie. But, this movie's not for me. But when it came up at random, and you know, we're, we're so many years removed, 20-some-odd years removed. We do what we are commanded. Yeah, I, I thought, well, what a great opportunity to go back and see Gattaca. Yeah. And 
I was correct. I did not give two shits about Gattaca. I found it quite boring. I found its vision of the future sort of ludicrous. Kind of, you know, a cautionary tale about something that maybe seemed realistic back then, but now it seems sort of silly. Um, Ethan Hawke, and this is not, this is, I I can't hold this against the movie, but Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman are distractingly young in this. (laughs) Young to the point where you're like, God damn, I'm old. You know, (laughs) that's where you're like, (laughs) so, um, yeah, there's a lot of things in this that I, I just, um, didn't particularly like, you know, the tech is sort of. You know, it's like it's like on oh, the '90s, the tech kind of seemed, oh, that's that's crazy. They're going to be able to take a hair off your head. And yeah, they're going to be able to, you know, oh, you're going to go in and change your baby's eyes from blue to green. Mm-hmm. Where's that going to lead? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, good um, luck on changing your baby's eyes from blue to green <laughs> in modern era. Yeah, <laughs> let I, I alone in you know, the not too distant future. If they uh, gave you four zygotes to choose from. And told you what the out they they'd be so far off that uh... yeah right 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 it's just, <laughs> it's clear I mean a part of that is is just the price of admission to a sci fi movie right you have to just kind of go with the premise I think one problem with this though is that this movie is so overbearing with its exposition it just keeps coming at you and keeps explaining and it sort of invites you to then say. Well, okay. Well, then let's take this seriously. Then that wouldn't really happen, and that hasn't happened, and that's <laughs> that's uh, that seems silly, right? Um, and uh, and uh, people who who don't like science fiction, wh- I think when they think of, of science fiction, they think of Gattaca, a movie like Gattaca. <laughs> I, I think just, so. I mean, like you, this movie is just there's just so much homework involved with this movie. It just won't shut up. It won't stop explaining itself and and talking at you. And and it's you know by by an hour's worth of that, you're like, could I just could I just read like a, a you know a, a cellular biology textbook or something? <laughs> and then it skips over so many things like the motivations for the murder itself. Or right, the murder itself is 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 uh, this movie. <laughs> For such so, a big plot device in the movie, uh, yeah, it's like... and and the 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 murder itself is presented as so brutal. They like <laughs> they like for some, nickel for some reasons really uh, uh, kind of pauses over the the gruesomeness of of this bo- of this boss's heads being head being splattered everywhere, right? And you're maybe thinking, well, okay, well, this is going to go somewhere. This is going to be important, but it's. I mean, the, the whole murder plot is just a giant red herring. It is. Right? Yeah. All of this is just, all of this is a red herring. It, the whole movie feels like a pitch for like a really, really boring miniseries, right? <laughs> or, or like a really tedious novel, right? You know, when I knew I was in trouble, <laughs> when the movie started with a quote and then another quote was right <laughs> after was it. another quote. It's like, uh, I don't know. Right? <laughs> I think there's a one quote <laughs> I minimum. Yeah. I mean, I totally one agree quote. with that. Right. Uh, the, it, I mean, that's an indication. This is a movie that's going to take itself very, very seriously. Wake up, people. This is going to be important, right? Yeah, and, and we, haven't even, we haven't talked about the visual style of this movie, right? Which is uh, the... Future is presented as, I mean, hold on to your butts, right? <laughs> the future is going to look like <clears throat> the past. Oh my God. Yeah. It's going to look like the 1950s, except, and, and, uh, we're going to, we're going to lose track. We're going to lose the technology to have, you know, little 
small syringes that easily go into your arm, or we're going to go back to the giant metal syringes. <laughs> three fingers, right, syringe. With, yeah. right? With three fingers, right? Um, but there's going to be, I, I guess, uh, we have to sacrifice all of that uh, technology to be able to do all this genetic. I guess we they spent all of their time uh, uh, developing uh, the fine points of, of this genetic technology. They've they've lost the recipe for any other kind of technology, right? Um, yeah, they they try to pass off a '60s era Studebaker Avante as a modern car. <laughs> Have you noticed? Did you notice that like whenever the cars drive, they like replace their engine sound with like a futuristic sound of like a I don't know how to explain it, no. but some sort of like groan kind of thing. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> this, um, the the plot of this is so contrived. I mean, okay, you've got you've got a guy who's managed to trick everyone and get live beyond his station through this trickery. And he's accused of a crime, and who's gonna be one of the investigators? His long lost brother. Wah, wah. <laughs> right. As and, if there's and, only fourteen people in the world. And and the movie presents that as a major plot twist, but then like doesn't really care about it, right? It, 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 <laughs> it's it's on the well. I should say rather the, the that should be a major plot twist. But the movie just sort of like rolls by it as though it's sort of we already knew that already, right? <laughs> um, and then this leads up to like one of the uh, most god awful climaxes in, in <laughs> I've, I've, I think I've ever seen, right? Which is just all of this nonsense is going to be like solved by a big swim off. <laughs> and let's see. He and about- his brother are just going to go night swimming. Through kelp? <laughs> Let's talk and about that's going to resolve there, what exactly? There's a repeated theme here of the boys swimming out and kind of playing a game of swim chicken. Yeah, right. Or who will go for, further without giving up. Mm-hmm. But in the end, when it plays out, when the, when the boy who's supposed to be weaker, Hawk's uh-huh. character, explains how he was able to beat the, the brother, it's yeah. because he didn't save enough. He, he never saved energy for the swim back. Yeah. Well, then you'd be dead. Right. <laughs> right. If you used all your energy to swim out, right, you'd have no energy left for the swim back. Right. But you would okay. not be, uh, yeah. I, I, they weren't racing back. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it just. Um, well, and the, and the movie the, uh, then, you know, I had to go on, after I watched it, I had to go on Wikipedia to find out, figure out whether or not his brother had survived because the movie just gives up on that doesn't it yeah it does doesn't it just it? yeah that you see his brother coming back and it just uh he, he's kind of cradling him and it's not clear if he's drowned or not i didn't um, take and then it to mean he died yeah but... but then it's never sort of made clear if he's drowned or not and um well you know if the movie doesn't care neither do i <laughs> um I, I think that's yeah. I yeah. was I was very irritated with this movie within like the first twenty minutes. I mean, by the time like the voiceover started, I was like, oh, <laughs> "God, this is gonna go this way, uh, right?" But it still managed to disappoint me, right? <laughs> and still, I believe the it. second hour was I'm still like ah, that could have been better. Oh, and, and it's just so dumb. You know, there's this like, you know, when he finally pulls it off and he's about to get on the. Uh, the ship to just kind of just chill and go there for it doesn't <laughs> there's yeah. there's never any talk about what the mission is they just like is it yeah. a pleasure cruise i mean you don't right. really know and, and you know and then there's like one last blood test and he's not he after being prepared for everything he's finally not prepared for it you, but you, somehow <laughs> the doctor played like, by went, xander berkeley 
knew all along that he was fibbing because of his <laughs> the way he held his pee jar or something. Oh yeah, right. I was gonna say, did he did he know all along? Yeah, yeah. That's, right, he that's did. why he always liked to comment on right, his right, uh, right, because he got a tap with the right hand. Oh my god, I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a movie um, that had the the really beyond all my you know dismissing it all these years is something I really thought I wouldn't like. Just has a good reputation. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you read the like blurbs on why people uh-huh. like like the if you go to the fan section of like Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. the little oh, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Are you fucking out of your mind? I I don't know. I, I mean, no less than, than Roger Ebert was really enthusiastic about this no. movie. He gave it three and a <laughs> half stars, right? Um, I and boy, I don't know. I don't know what movie he saw right let, let me just go back to that that aesthetic for a second i mean we've just seen that so many times of how the future is going to look like the past and it's going to look like the 1950s going to look it's going to look like the first that w- what the future looked like when i first pick up picked up a uh, a copy of analog magazine right <laughs> um and and what do they think do they think that this is cool do do they, people think this is original? Do they think that nobody's ever thought of this before? Because I can think of half a dozen movies just off the top of my head. I know that have uh, that have used that aesthetic, and another you know another six that have ha- that have happened since. Most recently, Reminiscence, right? It's oh just, yeah, absolutely. This is just it's just a cliche, and it was a cliche when when Gattaca did it too, right? Yeah, it was already um, a cliche by then. And uh, that said, the so much. This time is sent, spent on the meticulousness of the of the set design and getting all those little details, everything right, and making everything look like this Art Deco, uh, you know, ar- architecture. With there's a lot with, of what Men in Black so, made fun of in the same. Yeah, year. yeah, 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 with, with all this accent lighting uh-huh. and everything, and uh, yeah, so there's so much time spent on that, and also there's so much time spent explaining this movie and preaching <laughs> at us. It's it, it, and we still have not even like a basic understanding of a lot of, uh, of yeah, a lot of the the character motivation as much as the, they explain you know very little about this yeah world, right yeah, exactly know? um this is yeah it's like being uh i made a note this this movie's like being trapped on a plane with somebody you won't shut up about his, his novel right but, <laughs> there's all these scenes of of them testing there's a lot of testing in this um and the te- the same the test happens every time when the test happens uh, there's a screen, and the screen lights up with an identity, but it's so horribly de- like you know, it, it kind of <laughs> it looks so low tech. Yeah, it's and it, they're kind of going for that, I think. Yeah, they're sort of go- you're right. I, I mean, I mean, they're they're typing on on like they're printing on dot matrix computer like a computer. Yeah, paper, and, and right? the screens are it still has the frizzies on the side, right? And even in 1997, there was. There was laser jet printing. Yeah, there's there's small right. screens that this comes up on keeps coming up, but there there's just nothing. I don't know. It just doesn't feel techy. It just feels shoddy. Right, right. Um, it and you know that that retro futuristic aesthetic. Um, it it it's it's it just allows uh, directors and and set designers to um, it's just such a lack of imagination. Yeah, right? I, I think that's uh, that's true. They they can just sort of geek out over over the nostalgia of how oh we got everything just right to look just like this you know this magazine from 1955, um, but so what? It's not original. It's not interesting. Um, so yeah, um, this movie uh, did not. I did not like this movie. <laughs> I did not either. I was very. 
I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll see what everybody sees in this. And no, I was disappointed from the, from the get-go. But yeah. I sort of knew that I would be. Yeah. I, <laughs> I tried to keep an open mind, but... Uh, and you're right, they give Uma Thurman absolutely nothing to do in this. Yeah, this movie's... Uh, whatever bad word of mouth this had, that that's really... It, this movie really bombed hard. Um, so whatever bad word of mouth this got, um, it, it deserved. Yep, Gattaca. Gattaca. I say we're skipping. <laughs> yes. All right, well, I guess we better like. uh, look towards the next episode. As far as a new movie... Let's look to the future now, Matt. As f- yeah, the future. The not-too-distant future. In the year... Two- no, In the year two two um, <laughs> As far as a new movie next week, we'll have one, but I'm not going to commit to it right now. Yeah. It'd be silly, but we'll have something new, and uh, we'll have a random movie, which uh, we'll determine what that is right now. This is always the most exciting and scary part of the show. I can't wait. I'm exhilarated. Oh, okay. 1989, mm-hmm. My Left Foot. What about it? What's well, the movie we're going to watch? Oh, okay. We're going to watch your Daniel left foot. Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot. Ah, yes. My Left Foot taught me an interesting lesson about being Soccer. a young movie fan watching the Oscars. Okay. And uh, there were a few films that year that I had seen. Uh-huh. And then the one that won all the awards was a movie that I <laughs> wouldn't have not had the opportunity to even bet see. on the movie you haven't seen. <laughs> you're I think that's person. that's the right. Yeah, I learned that that lesson in in 1982 um, when *Chariots of Fire* beat *Raiders of the Lost Ark*. Right, <laughs> I was that I was been at the awful. ripe old age of seven. Right, and uh, my little heart broke. Right, because all uh, you'd ever seen is this great movie, right? Is Lost right, Ark, yes, right, and a scene with music of people running on the beach, right? Yes, right. Versus, <laughs> yes, a scene of, of yes, people running on the beach, yeah. inspirational music. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yes, and I think uh, history has borne out uh, the opinion of seven-year-old uh, Jason. I think right? you may I be think, right. I, I think we remember that's uh, a movie that was. Uh, much more renowned than than now yes. in Chariots of yes. Fire. Yes. I think, uh, yeah. So anyway, all right. So well, that'll we'll we'll have a show, and it'll it'll, it'll have there my will be left, a show. It'll have my left foot in it, and it'll also have something else. Some surprise new movie. That's, that's newer. That's the uh, the life we're leading here in this. Uh, nothing's news really coming out that interests us, and yeah. yet we're still watching some movies from last year that we missed. Yeah. In this kind of award season. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we thank you again for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye for now.